welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 352 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb. I'm a good chatty pal Sean off would you actually on? <laughs> I'm very chatty I feel like we should have hit record the second you walked through my front door this morning like straight away before I forget let's talk about this let's yeah, talk yeah. about that <laughs> um, we're actually talking about social anxiety disorders today aren't we yeah um, mixed in with a little bit of coronavirus stuff which we might be able to link together somehow because the world's in a bit of a crazy state right now well, it seems like it anyway it does doesn't it yeah it is the world is, is going slightly bonkers um and the, obviously the, the topic of the moment is the coronavirus, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Yeah, um, we will. Liveinthepresent.co.uk, just turn that off a bit, is for all the show notes and links. Um, do get in touch with us if there's anything you would like us to discuss in an upcoming episode, and there's loads of uh, resources and books to buy through the website as well, some free resources too. Um, this is part of a series, this podcast really, um, we're doing on anxiety, just scroll to the top there, um, there's eight eight different subcategories of anxiety we're talking about, uh, and today yeah, we're on to social anxiety disorder, we've done panic disorder and phobia as well, um, and coming up what we got, performance anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, separation anxiety, illness anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Um, so yeah, they're all coming up in coming weeks, unless there's any breaking news. Last week we kind of took a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, we from went it, off we? the wall, didn't we? A bit, yeah. Off-piste. I can't even remember yeah. what we talked about last week. You can't remember? No, it was there. Oh. <laughs> That's how I do it. Um, but yeah, um, how are you doing, Sean? What's new? What's occurring? Um, what's my what? Like I said, we'll come back to it, but coronavirus has taken over my week. We had things yesterday like a school closed... On the Wirral, Hillbrook School. Yeah, yeah. Some kids have come back from a skiing trip in. There, well, there's there's, there's loads of different it. loads of different stories as to why it closed. But oh, right. They, what was your version? Oh, I, I know I've heard about three or four. You know, but the <laughs> the, the the thing is that that the headmaster got to the point where he decided no, it must close. Yeah, mm. and the ramifications of that because we've had all the people uh, quarantined on Wirral anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it, it's weird, it's the whole kind of fanaticism that gets me, is that the amount of people that have told me that the reason this virus has come is because certain groups of the population are going to die because they deserve it. Wow, no, that wasn't um, me, that wasn't me texting you, was it? <laughs> but it, but it, it's like, I've got vegans telling me that meat is going to die, I've got straight people telling me that all gay people are going to die, and gay people telling me that this is punishment against straight people. Oh, wow. And it's like, people are giving this virus religious significance. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it, this is the hand of God coming Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, for my, yeah, for my, my environmental thing, it's kind of like, oh, this is nature's way of fighting back, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Which, We're going to you know, get you. I'm not yeah, hoping that it's going to yeah. kill, you know, too, too many people. But you did the, you crunched the numbers on how many people die every day globally anyway. Yeah, well, globally, 150,000 people die every day, um, and 360,000 people are born every day. So we've got that increase of population anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's serious, like because it is worse, a lot worse, more deadly than regular flu. And if 
if 80% of the UK population well, there are, track the, this? The, the government representative on the radio said 80,000 people will get it, of which... One 80%? Th- 80, or, sorry, no, 80%, sorry, of the population will get it. Yeah. Right? Um, and if you work that out on our stats, it works out at something, because he reckoned 1% will die, that you're going to have deaths of around... Um, 500 to 550,000 deaths in the UK. Yeah, that's yeah. not all like in the next month though. This no. is going to be around for a quite a long, long time. No. And if you're yeah. a speculator, this is the time to invest in um, mm, coffin building. <laughs> sure, <laughs> my word. <laughs> that's that's not. He's not speaking for other self help <laughs> podcasts. That. That's his own private. private. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm, sure, I'm sure people will. It's, it's like one of the problems. Well, the, the markets have, have bottomed out, haven't they? In the, some some interest rate decision taken in America, which is very important, apparently and unusual. Um, so yeah, it's weird how and you know factories are shutting down in China. Airplanes are getting grounded. Um, Did you know that the majority of the ingredients for our medications come from China? And did you know that we are likely to run out of paracetamol very quickly because we can't get the basic ingredients from China from the factories where they're produced? No, I did not know that, sure. But so we're on that base, like even a paracetamol level, like you might have a headache. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether people would be rushing out and stopping well, up. Well, panic buying and anxiety and social anxiety kicking off all of a sudden. Let's not panic people too much. I do have a stash of food that I put aside from my Brexit stash, you know, when no deal Brexit, which is still on the cards actually. Yeah, um, but that's still there when we dry foods ready to go. I but think the thing that, panic. that we should really be concerned about is the prediction is that we're going to run out of toilet paper. Yeah, I've heard that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a forest, a wood in the back. So yeah, <laughs> do you leaves. mean you're going to go out in the wood to go to the loo? Possibly, or oh, I don't know. Uh, let's not talk too much about the ins and outs of that. <laughs> um, yeah, and just quickly as well, I've got to mention it. I'm practicing car-free Lent. I'm going big. Finally, I'm amazed at this. Six Come weeks. On, tell us the story. Come on. Well, you know, regular listeners will know that I'm trying to, you know, I'm a transport nerd, get around by bike, and, and as li- use the car as little as possible. Anyway, but I thought, what would happen if I practice for six weeks or whatever it is, uh, not getting in a car at all? I'll try, try my best to do that as a suburbanite. You know, that's that's uh, easier said than done. So in yeah. the week, in the week, it's quite easy because I don't have access to the car usually, except. For in the evenings, I can push back those mm. things or find other ways. It's weekends that are tricky for me. Mm. Shuttling kids around, um, going to see the in-laws, that kind of thing. Um, but so far, so good. Yeah, I've just had to. I've, I'm going to Swansea a week on Saturday, assuming it goes ahead for the Six Nations uh, match. It's a big public gathering, um, and I was scheduled to go with um, family member car share. Um, so I've had to put a bit of a spanner in the works there and say that me, me and William are going to go on the train with our rail card, family rail card, which just saves a chunk of money. Um, getting around when we're there a bit might be tricky without a card, but apart from that, it's pretty straightforward. The trickiest yeah. thing is really just the kind of the everyday, or just the kind of social side of it when people realise that you, you're not willing to get in a car. They kind of kick off because it does change what where you can go and what you can do and the timings, and it can just create little tensions in the family, shall we say. But that's why I'm doing it. Do you think that this coronavirus is to get all motorists <laughs> and it won't get cyclists? This is for the motorists. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, if you're in your own, you know, if you, trains and buses full of people probably are a, 
probably a pretty bad place to be at the moment, yeah. as opposed to your own personal. I, I, I love I love this one best. Metal yeah. box. I was told that the coronavirus is an anagram of carnivorous. Ooh. Which is why all meat eaters are going to die of the coronavirus. Right. Okay. That's me. Well, see you. Nice <laughs> <time. laughs> no, don't shake hands. <laughs> I'm not sure. Touch knees. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Knees and elbows. All right. Anyway, come on. We'll crack on with the episode because there's much to discuss. So, well, I think the things that we're talking about are a part of the episode yeah. because that whole kind of social anxiety. You Which know, we will be on the increase at the moment. Or yeah. People. That, who, who can you trust? Because it's a proper disorder, social anxiety. It's yeah. not just uh, shyness, is it? No. Um, how how would you define social anxiety before I read out the actual definition? Well, I, I, I think I, I see social anxiety as uh, anybody who's, who has an anxiety of getting together with other people in any sense. So that could be social anxiety in, in a family group, in a social friendship group, in a yep. work group, in a school group, whatever. Um, that we start to feel awkward, difficult, we don't know how to act or what to say. People going out for a first date who mm-hmm. don't know what to say to the person. And, and people will actually come to me and say, I've got a date, you know, I haven't had a date for years, I've got a date, and I don't know, how am I going to do it? So we work out, you know, do you ask questions, do you make statements? What kinds of questions do you ask? You know, if you ask a question, you get someone the space to talk. Because yeah. they're anxious about... And one of the biggest things with social anxiety is silence. People can't cope with silence, so they've got to fill the space up. So you go, well, blah, 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 so, blah. Yeah, some people are really... Like my father-in-law, you know, because he, he was a church minister, so he was used to going to seeing people every day and chatting, chatting with them. Just mm-hmm. So he's really good at filling those gaps in conversation. And I'm not that great at it, actually. I can, I can do it when I'm, the microphone's on here and we're chatting rubbish all day. <laughs> <laughs> But in you know when when I'm, we're out with say a, a new couple or a new people that we don't know that well and we've got got to getting to know them a bit better when there's a little gap in conversation I'm not that great at remembering what question to ask next you know or what do we do next some people are really good at that aren't they but mm. I wouldn't say I'm not anxious about it but some to some people that's a real a massive concern I assume yeah and they avoid yeah. social. It, either that or a lot of people need a bit of Dutch courage. They need a stiffener before they go out. So the amount of people that are going to a social situation, they'll want to have a couple of drinks before they go because that kind of, that's the, the lubrication that allows them to let go and not be anxious and nervous. All right. Well, social anxiety disorder, according to the NHS, it's also called social phobia, is a long-lasting and overwhelming fear of social situations. Yeah, and 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 that that can be like I say anything from um, just being sociable with one other person to being big groups, um, and I would include in that um, things like agoraphobia, where um, people can't go. It's because agoraphobia, mm-hmm. uh, whereas claustrophobia is fear of being enclosed, agoraphobia is fear of being in this kind of open space. So that if you go into a supermarket, it can be overwhelming, the size of it, the noise of it, the colour, the amount of people. Yeah. Um, and I think those are all in the same kind of spectrum. Well, so I'm going to, yeah, this Six Nations game in, in a couple of weeks, and there'll be 80,000 people in the stadium, and Cardiff will be rammed full of people and bars and pubs and all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I take it people that are socially anxious might not necessarily be ill at ease in a crowd it's just if they actually have to speak to people 
No, and it can. It, can it, 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 it depends. Like I say, there's there's different angles that people come into this kind of situation with. But some people, it may just be the proximity of others. Mm-hmm. So that uh, if you've ever been on a tube train in London, where you, you might get on and there's not many people there, but each station, more and more people get on. So you're gradually squeezed and you lose that kind of safe space around you. Mm-hmm. It gets taken over by other people as they get pushed into you. Right. You know, and, okay. you, and that can be a loss of safety for a lot of people. Yeah, so I mean, there's some examples here on that NHS site that um, of, of what your uh, what things to look out for. So yeah, number one is dreading everyday activities such as meeting strangers, starting conversations, speaking on the phone, working or shopping. I mean, if you're socially anxious and it's a serious issue, well, I take it you would you'd be very particular about where you work. And whether you work at all or whether you work at home on your own, that kind of thing. Yeah, and there, there are lots of people that don't um, work. Um, either they don't work at all or they don't work in situations where they interact with others. I know quite a few people that work from home. Uh, when you're dining into companies and things and you get an individual, we think that they're all in an activity centre somewhere. Mm-hmm. But quite often they are individuals at home where the calls are, are redirected to their phone and their their computer set up yeah. and they're connected to the organization via the computer yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. and those people may they may interact with other people all day long but they don't actually interact with anybody they're interacting with the machine yeah yeah um i mean uh, we're kind of getting can these things be overcome or is it, it just and, about any, managing, managing no anything can be overcome yeah, you have to have insight and empathy. If you've got that, and you can be empathic to yourself, and you have that sensitivity to see what's going on, you've got the insight, you can change. Anybody can change. Do people want to change in this situation? I mean, when you deal with people, do they want to be able to get to a point where they can you know, take part in everyday life, or do they? I, quite I like think I think it depends. Isolation. Yeah, some sometimes it's that way around, but other people, it's an issue of belief. So, but it, people will say, "I can't change." And as soon as someone says, I can't, they're right. Because mm-hmm. you say it, you hear it, you do it, you reinforce it. I can't do that. Um, and, and as long as you, as you use the word can't, or you think the thought can't, then you can't. Yeah. You, know, you have to get to that point where you can break out of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's some physical things that actually occur to people with, within people that's the, this guy. You know, and I've, I, I used to get it. I do quite a lot of speaking now and, you know, talking at events, that kind of thing, and speaking in groups of, small groups of people, so I'm quite cool with it. But I used to get very nervous about speaking in front of people. And I remember there was, a, there was a girl when I was at university, you know, whenever we did a project, we would have to present it to the, the class. And uh, it was part of the practice of, you know, getting used to speaking in groups of people and, you know, telling people what you've done. Um, but there was one particular girl, a friend of mine, who... Um, she would kind of start going blotchy and red as she was talking. And she didn't appear to be nervous as she was talking and presenting her ideas. But instead of being nervous, well, the nervousness was showing in kind of this... The, the Physiological. Result. Physically, yeah. yeah I fresh. mean, the, one of the other anxieties that we'll look at, I think it's next week, is um, the performance anxiety, mm. which is more that kind of getting on the stage stuff. Yeah. Um but the, <clears throat> the symptoms of anxiety, whatever the label is, can be very similar. The classic in someone going red is they get red neck 
Yeah. It's red neck and red sort of top of the chest. Mm. Yeah. And you can see people doing that before their face goes red. Yeah, if you observe people. So you can see where someone's starting to get a bit anxious or embarrassed. Right. Because it's starting to come out. And obviously people will move more. Yeah. Especially hands. Yeah, well, some of the symptoms here can, or what it can feel like is, is rapid heartbeat, yeah. mus- muscle tension, dizziness, lightheadedness, stomach trouble and diarrhea even, inability but, but, to catch breath. Well, what happens to your body physiologically is if your body feels under threat, it will, first of all, it will dump what it doesn't need. So peeing and pooing become quite important because your body needs to get rid of it so you can function. Yeah. The blood tends to come away from your brain and your main organs and goes to your muscles because we have more tubes in our body than we have blood and where the blood is is selective mm-hmm. yeah the, the system is vascular it can it's elastic it can change where the blood goes right? yep. so if the blood is directed to the muscles so that you can fight or flight it comes away from the brain so you might feel a bit dizzy or a bit not quite there or confused mm-hmm. yeah you may be focused on running or fighting but if someone's trying to get you to work out a mathematical formula, you might not be able to do it because you're anxious. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, uh, we, we talked it. Uh, I mentioned it recently about a famous footballer, Zinedine Zidane, who kind of, yeah, before... A, 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 it sounds like a tongue twister, Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane, yeah, amazing French Algerian football player. Right. Um, coolest guy in the world, like, on a pitch, but displayed his nervousness once like in, a, in a really high-pressure situation where he was, I think he was about to take a penalty in a World Cup semi-final or something like mm. that. And he was sick on the pitch just right before he took the penalty. Yeah. Uh, and then, whoosh, whack, bashed the and ball it. in the top corner. Yeah, yeah no problem. When you're at the rugby uh, down in Cardiff, if you watch the guys when they're converting a try, mm. right, you watch each one, they'll place the ball... And then they'll go through some kind of ritual. Mm. And, that, and they always, if you watch them, they always do the same thing. Yeah. And they'll do this ritualistic thing, which is to lower the anxiety and get themselves focused. Mm. Yeah? So that they're actually there so they can perform well. Um, and it's interesting watching people do that because they've gone through their own ritualistic behaviours. But it teaches you that you can do the same thing. Yeah. Is that if you're feeling that in certain systems you're anxious... You can have ways of avoiding it, ways of displacing it that enable you to put the anxiety to one side and then go and function and do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, that might not necessarily be having a couple of whiskeys before you go on a date. No, no, no. My, 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 my favourite is doing 7-Eleven breathing because that reduces the level of stress hormone in your system. Yeah. Yeah. So when, you, you, when you're talking with people that are, you know, preparing for a date or going to see people, do you give them like a list of, a, te- a technique that they can follow that, that evening? Well, no, I do, we, we, we do two things. One is I will take people through um, how they see it and what they would do normally, then we examine that. Then we will try the thing of different kinds of questioning. What, what would you do? Because that's inevitably what you do. You meet somebody and you say, how are you? What kind of day you had? You know, you, you start to question. Yeah. yeah. But then what I'll do is <clears throat> I will role-play. So... Uh, if it's a fella, I'm the girl. Mm-hmm. If it's a girly, I'm the fella. Mm-hmm. Right? And we go through these. So I get them to say what they'd say. And I can be devil's advocate and say things that are like, you know, oh, they wouldn't say that, would they? Well, they just did. You know, and it's like you can play with it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you never know. You can ask a question and you never know what 
you're going to get a long answer. You might hope for a long answer to pass the time and you might get a really short answer and all of a sudden you've got to respond to it. And you might have yeah. been so busy worrying about your next question that you haven't thought about actually responding to the person that's yeah. talking to you as well. So yeah. you don't want to look like a melon, do you? No. <laughs> to put it mildly. Yeah. <laughs> These are all yeah. little things that kind of, I guess, take for granted, really. But, but a lot of anxiety develops because we are because the whole anxious thing is projecting into the future and living the future in the present so we're starting to get fearful about what's going to happen next and what we're fearing may never happen mm. yeah and it's that thing about learning to be in the moment and if you are going to project forward project forward positively if you're going to go into a social setting then visualise you going in there and being the perfect version of you that you want to be. And the more you rehearse that in your mind, the more you're going to play it out in reality. Yeah. Whereas if you're rehearsing the negativities and what's going to go wrong, guess what? That's the kind of thing you play out. Right. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it, it is so important to, uh, to be able to learn to be in this minute, in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah? What were you saying then? I wasn't listening. typical absolutely typical so from the other side of the fence from our side of the fence for two guys that don't suffer from this or not heavily at least how can we be mindful and how can we look out for clues that people are anxious in a situation and how can we help them what's the best way to deal with someone that's socially anxious Um, usually it's um, obviously being supportive not being um, challenging Um, and Asking things, because the, the key in lots of things is asking the question, but asking an open question is kind of an easy question that can allow the person to relax into the answer mm-hmm. rather than threatening them in some way. Um, it's watching out for symptoms. The, the two things to, to look out for are the reddening issues, mm-hmm. which is inevitable. Yeah? It's the closing of the iris. If the pupil's getting smaller, the person's closing off. Yeah. yeah. If the person's really open and easy, the iris will open right up. Yeah. The other one is people will touch their... It's the bit that they're saying you shouldn't touch with the coronavirus, but it's like you touch your chin, your lips, your nose. It's that lower mouth bit. And it's because people get an anxiety and they go, it's a safety place that we all have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, it's not being threatening. It's allowing someone to be who they are, what they need to be in an easy way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've got this thing at the moment where we've got um, uh, one of the uh, ministers of the government is being accused of bullying. Yeah, heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to the descriptions of of what's going on, um, whether they're true or not, the descriptions that are given are of her um, demeaning other people in public of showing people up in front of their colleagues, of being rude and abusive to people in public. Um, And that can create a huge social anxiety because people are now fearful to go into rooms where that person is, you know, to be in groups of people where they might be shown up. If they had been shown up, does that mean every time they go into the room, people are going to go, no, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. Um, So obviously those behaviours do not help with things like, Anxiety, any level, social anxiety, particularly. Yeah, mm. yeah. At what point do, do you need to get help for a social anxiety disorder? Like, at what point is it just something you try and fix on your own? And I tell you, well, you can see uh, a GP at some point about this stuff. Yeah, 
G- GPs, uh, psychotherapy. Um, very often, the thing that, that has brought people to me um, to deal with issues like this has been their awareness that before they go out to do something, they have to have a couple of drinks. Right. Yeah? It's that whole kind of Dutch courage idea. Mm. Um, and when people hook into that, um, and, and then they're, they're thinking, why am I doing this? That's when they tend to come and talk to me and say, I've got this behaviour going on, can you help me with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and the thing is that the booze has a physiological effect and there are other ways of getting the same effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But booze is in moderation. Not always a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. He, he said longingly. On a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night's my favourite now. Put, put that bottle away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, anything else you want to mention on this one? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not feeling anxious. Are uh, you well, feeling anxious? No, no. Well, no, I'm not actually. I'm, I'm watching the news, watching things unravel in the world before me, and mm. taking quite a laissez-faire, like, oh, whatever will be, will be. But, I mean, I'm taking precautions. With, with, I'm washing my hands a lot more. No, you're not shaking my hand. Not shaking hand. No, I am really. We hugged and kissed on as you. Yeah, bloody hell. That's it. I've nothing done for me now. You're not hanging around in hospitals anymore, eh? No, no, I'm all right now. Are you due to go back to guitar anytime? Uh, Maybe later in the year. Okay. But uh, the and it depends out there because there and we don't understand um, all the virus issues. But uh, in hot countries, in very hot countries, very often viruses die which is, would be true in places like the Middle East. The problem is that because most of the buildings are, um, uh, have got air conditioning systems in, that the air conditioning systems can actually help breed bacteria and viruses. Right. It depends, yeah. Um, which is one of the problems with air, air travel, and there, you'll hear more and more people, like I'm hearing at the moment, talking about we should stop all air travel because if you've got a, a super jet, is it 500 people on a plane or more? Mm-hmm. Um, and one person's got a bit of a virus and coughs, it just goes around the system, you know, around the air conditioning, so everybody breathes it in. And stays in the system for the next flight as well, probably. Unless they do some kind of deep cleaning. I'm not quite sure what they'd do. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, but uh, it, it's that whole thing about gathering together in groups um, and we're talking about things like football matches that are being banned. They've closed the Louvre in Paris. Yeah, so I believe. Yeah, mm. which, I mean, I'm due to go to Paris in a couple of weeks, and oh, I want to go to the Louvre. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, but who knows? We might not even be able to go to Paris. We don't know what... Are you driving? Are you getting a no, plane? Eurostar? Uh, Eurostar, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I thought you'd approve of that. Certainly would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cycle London to get on it. My dad did cycle yeah. London to Paris a couple of years ago. All right. Nice little jaunt, four days. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. But uh, yeah. anyway, all right. Um, next one is, unless things really kick off in the world. It's performance, performance anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. Okay, we have touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I get loads of that. You do, yeah. I mean, this loads is linked in with this one as well, because a lot of artists yeah. and musicians do tend yeah. to be, you know, quite insular, and they, you know, they just want to write, and then... If an artist, a musician in particular, yeah. it's the big time. All of a sudden, they've got to play in front of eighty thousand people. Yeah. Quite often, they will get very nervous before a gig. But it, it goes on. It's surgeons. Mm. Yeah, all kinds of people that are doing all kinds of things that you wouldn't think of. Yeah, like a chef. You know, they've suddenly got to do the dish. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's amazing how many people go into into meltdown. Wow. Yeah. All right, that's next yeah. week. Um, yeah. I, I have 
neglected to even write down a resource. You... Well, no, my, my, my resource is, is the same, really, because it, it's to do with all of the anxiety issues. Is you, you need 7-Eleven breathing um, to bring your system down, and you need to meditate. I know you're terrible at this. But if people get into the habit of meditation, they get into the habit of being able to deal with their emotions. Yeah. That's the key. All right. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, thanks for your time, Sean. Keep smiling. Keep smiling, keep yep. coughing, or <laughs> washing your hands and all that. Yeah. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye.